experience because I find a lot of people I teach or even people I've known, it's like, you're probably experiencing the miracles. You're probably the spirits that you're wanting to show up in front of you, like a towering giant. They're there probably like trying to communicate on some, in some way, some level through omens or otherwise where people just end up missing it. Cause Welcome to the North Witch Podcast with your hosts, Azario Flame and Sandra Von Hollen. In this podcast, we explore all the things that can help us to be better and improve our lives in body, mind, and spirit. Looking at everything from witchcraft, sorcery, woo-woo, spirituality, biohacking, the mundane, and everything in between. We occasionally have on guests from various backgrounds, practices, and philosophies. We welcome everyone from all walks of life, from the left-hand path to the right-hand path, from the medical to the holistic, from the woo-woo to the scientific, and everything in between. We have conversations and discussions about our experiences over the years, what works for us, what hasn't worked, and explore new theories and science, trying them out, seeing what works, and debunking what doesn't. Thank you for joining us on this wicked adventure along the crooked path as we adventure into the mysterious and wonderful world and welcome what truly works for us to become better witches, sorcerers, magicians, and our best selves so that we can live our best lives. May these conversations help you to ignite the light within. The views expressed by our guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of us here at Northwich Magic Co. All of the information shared on this podcast is anecdotal and shared for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or financial advice. Always consult a doctor, physician, or professional in their field before trying any of the things that may be discussed on this channel. Magic and holistic healing should work alongside allopathic care when necessary. Hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Northwich Podcast. Today we are here with my favorite devil, Adam Darkley from the Devil's Conjure. And how are you doing today, Adam? Doing pretty great. Thanks for having me on. You bet. We're happy to have you. Um, so yeah, we're, today we're going to be covering everything Devil's Conjure and what's going on in his world. And uh, we have a couple questions from our Patreon listeners, so we'll throw those in as we get going. Um, so thank you all for tuning in, and we will get going here. So Adam, I know you just did uh, the uh, Austin Witch Fest. How did that go for you? That was really great. Yeah, my it was my first time doing like an in-person presentation. I've taught online for years, but I, I've never been into like a conference and, and presented like in, in front of a group of people in that setting. So it was definitely interesting, but uh, I feel like it went really well and everyone loved it. And then uh, we had like a bit of a booth and it was cool meeting some other people that had been in it for like 20 or 30 years longer than me. That it's just kind of like I've been reading their books for a few years and and uh, it was an interesting experience overall, but they have a, they had a hell of a turnout. So that's awesome. It's nice to see that these conventions and their stuff are starting to get going again. Now that the uh, C word is starting to go away a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, on, on the note of teaching, I know that you've got some uh, cool stuff in the works here for later in the year. Did you want to uh, maybe talk about that with the listeners here? Sure, yeah. And so I've been teaching on and off through Devil's Conjure for a number of years. Um, I've been offering, you know, things as far as like actual, you know, online or recorded classes, one-on-one um, -on -one mentoring, especially through like my Source for Higher Monthly service now that's that's become like my number one service um, where, you know, some people, they really jump in for spell work. Some people need spiritual guidance and some people honestly just need that weekly or, or bi-weekly like one-on-one -on -one mentoring for whatever they have going on in their in their own path but um later on in the year it's something that's been in the works for at least a decade if not more um my husband and i darian darkly um we are basically launching darkly school of witchcraft and so it'll be uh, basically a platform that serves as a as a school to offer digital classes as a forum as a community and much more um it's something that I've, i feel like um, that many of my clients and people that I've worked with are kind of like hungry for something that that is sort of like a, an all-in-one encompassing um, school that, you know, it, it's obviously not focused in, in every topic or path, but um, we will be covering basically like the foundations of, of sorcery and beyond. Um, and then with that, we actually are um, something that Mitty and Darian have been working on in the past couple or the past few months is the, our new podcast called Speak of the Devil. And so this will basically be the podcast, the, the, 
the um, sort of radio show, if you will, of the school um, to broadcast all kinds of, you know, stuff as far as like topics for our shows and, and sort of promos for the school and things like that. Um, but, as, but most specifically like witchcraft um, and, and, and different topics focused towards that. Um, and then Dark Place Curiosities will essentially be the, the um, store of the school itself. And so we'll offer various tools and, and different materia through there. So it'll be sort of like us bringing together sort of like a, our empire, like our, our uh, con conglomerate, I guess, if you will. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Exciting. That sounds super exciting. Um, so then when you do that, are you going to be continuing with the Devil's Conjure online store as well, or is everything going to be switching over to Darkly's? So I think Devil's Conjure is sort of like something that even if I wanted to change it, it I couldn't like, it's sort of out of my hands in, in a sense at this, at this point, but I will say that devil's conjure will continue to evolve in, in ways that I've been, that have been in the works for a number of years as well. I have a lot of uh, like sort of a new, like, a, you know, I'll always offer, you know, material like, you know, between like folk magic all the way to like astrological and and like starry oils and things like and, and material in that way but i think i want to move more so in the future towards offering more like limited quantities and batches and things more so focused towards the allies of the devil um like it, it was kind of a peak a sneak peek recently with my my toad king spirit pots that i made that went over like they sold quicker than i could even like get them kind of like promote them or, or get them out there but but um, I, I really want to focus more so towards, I think, like that sort of that side of, of my own personal path and kind of bringing that to the world and then um, leaning a bit more into, you know, astrological and, and geomantic products and things like that, too. So it'll be things of, of a different level um, offered in limited quantity. And, and so um, and I'm also getting into like alchemical preparations and things like that. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Very cool. That sounds super awesome. Um, and so what kind of things are you looking to be, start teaching for like your Sorcery 101 for the Darkly School of Witchcraft? Um, are you going to be doing Conjure there or what's what's kind of going to be the focus? Get, give me a rundown of like the first month of joining the school. Yeah. And so my husband, Darian, you know, he's been he's been doing this long before me. You know, he was a, a rabbi and a minister and and, you know, he's been he's been in the practice of, of magic and, and sorcery metaphysics for, for decades longer than I have. And so um, we'll be teaching like side by side, like individually at times. And then, you know, uh, basically, you know, sharing, you know, teaching and in, in specific topics and classes, but it will be sort of bridging folk magic and hoodoo and, and conjure with ceremonial magic and goetic sorcery, things like that. Um, but, but in a sense where, there's multiple ways to access it where you would have a sort of a tier of classes where you would, you would begin with one certain course or sort of, as you said, like a one one or, or a certain section of classes that would be a pre prerequisite to others. And then there would be full on access to where people could either join, say for like a year or a four year stint and beyond. So we have multiple offer like offerings that we're having the works as far as like, you know, certain syllabuses and like how we'll teach specifically, but I feel like it'll be kind of like hand in hand between bridging both of those worlds, I guess, as some people may say, the lower and, and higher magic um, and, and, and kind of like it. And it obviously in that way also won't be just accessible to to everyone. Like, I feel like something that I want to to make important is that people have a well-rounded education. And so like even things, you know, you'll you'll have like root work and, and conjure and like say like astrological magic, but you'll also have like herbalism and, and alchemy and, and things. I find that it's important for students to have a well-rounded uh, education, but also to be able to hold like a, a really strong conversation. Like say if you're, they're meet, meeting with like like-minded people, you know, and to, to just kind of be able to hold their own and, and kind of like know what they're, they're talking about beyond like, you know, people just like re regurgitating what they've read in a book or whatever, but actually having that firsthand experiential knowledge as well. So. Absolutely. So will, it, will you have a spot? Will you have a spot for complete beginners to join you, Adam? And then are you also 
forming kind of a community, like you said, with the, having the herbalism and the mm-hmm. astrology and everything in there to be well-rounded. Are you having mm-hmm. like a community forum for everybody to join in? Because that sounds... Yeah, really yeah and that's really... We're working to complete our website right now. And that's something that's really important to me is that on the website, there's like a, a forum for, you know, typically like, you know, I'm a kid of the 90s. So like, I love like when you could go into like a Yahoo forum and there's like, you know, a beginner's introduction. And then there's like, you know, certain one, certain topics that people who are brand new can, can, can actually like say, you know, ask a question. And, and instead of like Facebook where people just like attack you, if you say that yellow is green or something, you know, and that you, people could actually like come together and, and have like, have their own experiences and, and even like moderators and teachers and everyone could come together and, and sort of share in the in this person's sort of betterment, and um, but I think the forum is really important, and and I and so I think it, it will be like where we have where it's almost like in the future going forward with it, there will be more so apprentices where where um, we may actually have like a facility where people could come and as part of like the grounds and you know the grounds and beyond would be part of the school too. So they could essentially, you know, they could have like a in-person education, but but specifically to begin, it will be sort of like a, a digital forum, school coven kind of thing where people can join at any level. But there will be, you know, potentially like an inner circle or people who, you know, as they as they continue with the school or, or rank up or however, um, you know, however we decide to move forward with it. Um, you know, they'll get like advanced access to, to other things. And so I'd, I definitely feel it's important for people to have access, but I think that there's, and, and certainly no gatekeeping in, in that way, but I feel like it's important for some people to have an, a knowledge of some firsthand things before they jump into to larger topics that they just may not be prepared for. So. Great. Awesome. So you, you'll be able to offer that right from the ground up. To- yeah. Yeah, and it seems like some people want to go from like being like, say, like atheist and never having worked in magic. And then the next thing they know, they're wanting to summon like, you know, they're wanting to work in like goetic magic and all this stuff. And but they don't have like first, not the first hand knowledge, but at least like foundational understanding of sort of mechanics behind magic and, and right. etiquette for working with spirits and things like that. Yeah, that sounds absolutely great. Um, so what do you have like a timeline for when you're planning on launching this? Or are you thinking you'll have some of it up by the end of the year here, or is this more of a long-term goal or. So I'm thinking that the, the website itself will be, is in the works now and it will be like launching in the, in the school itself. Um, we were hoping for Beltane, but it, it, uh, at this point, like in the way that we wanted to, to, to release it, I'm thinking that it would be a better timing closer towards October. So probably like Samhain. Um, and then, um, nice. and then like we're working on like the speak of the devil podcast. We have multiple shows that we're working on like social medias and things like that at this point and, and kind of in- integrating and connecting everything. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun no matter what. So I bet. And so then the speak of the devil podcast, are you guys going to be mostly just having the two of you on there doing some teaching and stuff? Or are you going to be having guests or what's kind of your vision for that? So folks, so far there, we're going with like about 15 minute sessions, like for those. And they're typically like, like specifically focused topics, like things that are big questions, like of people that we either we know in the community or or questions that we've sort of had for a long time um, that we know are sort of some sort of hot and heavy topics. Um, And then really touching just about magic and, and sorcery and, you know, spirits and beings in general and all that fun stuff. So It'll be sort of like a, a hot occult chat session. I feel like we probably will like have guests and stuff in the future. Um, but uh, but we've been having a lot of fun recording that too. So it's going to be, it'll be a fun, t- uh, definitely an experience for people who, who join in. So it's, it's, it probably has like a little bit of a wacky factor to it, but I, I kind of love that too. So <laughs> For sure. We all got to have our own thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And my husband, that's basically like that's basically like a lot of his, his hard work in that too, because he does like a lot of the editing and like a lot of the, you know, the photography and stuff with that. So couldn't do any of this without him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, A good partner is indispensable doing these kinds of things for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. So yeah, I was just going over your website and it looks like you've got some pretty cool new things up on here, actually. Is there anything uh, in particular that you wanted to talk about of your new offerings? I see you've got some Easy Street Dust now, which is fairly new and looks pretty awesome. Um, mm -hmm. and, th and then you've got some new oils and stuff on here. And uh, it looks like you're offering some new services as well. Did you want to talk about any of those today? or? Yeah, so um, we've, we've had some things that have just kind of come and gone for a while, but I'm really wanting to focus more so towards having specific like seven to ten uh, of each kind of product that are that are kind of mainstays. But um, something that I'm in the works now that I'll probably be releasing within a week or so or a new line of, of ritual candles that will be more so fo focused towards raven, coyote, and toad and serpent. And so those will be released um, they're just one of those things that I'm, it's taking longer than I, than I definitely wanted to. I planned on them after Austin Witch Fest, but um, I think within the week we'll have those launched. And so those are more than sort of just like a ritual candle. They're more so, um, they're definitely offertory, but it's, you know, each of them will have a materia connected to each spirit. So like, you know, the coyote candle actually will have like, you know, uh, snippings from like, you know, a bit of coyote fur and different materia connected to each spirit that can be used on like an altar or in, you know, trance or, or like shamanic work or otherwise. Um, and then we have, a, you know, a ton more products coming later in the year. I'm actually um, working on some evil eye mirror, like hanging charms. Um, I used to make like almost like magical chime, like hanging charms that you can make. I just, they're so time, uh, time conducive that I, I haven't in a while, but uh, I'm working on a few of those right now. And then probably more, you'll probably see more uh, spirit vessels and stuff for me going on in the year. We're actually working on a, also another, another limited release that's, that uh, I began, I think it, like later December, early uh, January, basically like a series of like the 12 Zodiacal oils, consecrating them when, um, when um, like it's typically like within like the second or third uh, of each month or around like that few day period. But I believe it's when um, when the planet basically enters into the sun, or the sun enters into that planet, or the uh, the, uh, the zodiac rather. Um, but we're consecrating oils specific to each of those, and then the, those will be released either later this year or earlier next year. Um, and so we have a lot of different projects and things like that. I think now a lot of what we're making it, it takes more time, and especially like say like my soul and Leo and, and different things where it's a specific alignment that only happens like maybe once or twice a year. Some of that's going to be more and more limited quantities because of the fact that it's just made in like a smaller batch. So, yeah, for sure makes total sense. Getting those astrological timings definitely makes it so you can only do so much. <laughs> yeah, so your followers really have to pay attention so they can get in on all these limited quantities. Yeah. yeah, and we have a newsletter going too, so people can always join that through my website. I try not to bombard, bombard people too much, but I usually send out maybe two, two a month or something like that. That's a really good way to kind of keep up. It's I know with social media and the algorithms, a lot of people might miss like, certain posts or certain things and then the next thing you know it's it's gone so yeah I always yeah, play with really the algorithm <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a pain for sure <laughs> so you've been offering your mentoring services here for a while how is the uh, sorcerer for hire program going and uh what can people expect from you if they get that service from you so that took off probably more than I ever thought. I think we're booked up for that one now more than even the rituals that I've offered for a while through my website. Um, and I think the reason is because not only do we have a lot of longtime clients, but we have a lot of people who just, you know, and, and for me personally, like I realized offering, you know, a, a service that somebody could get access to basically for a 30 day period for one rate and basically access spiritual counseling, counseling and coaching um, you know, spell work and, and divination, it's just become sort of like, you know, the, uh, the bestseller definitely through our website right now, our best ritual service, but, or service overall. Um, but yeah, that one's just taken off. I, I, that one's probably keeping me busy just about seven days a week because it's also people from other parts of the world. So like I have to work with their time zones where for me, it might be 10 in the morning and for them, it might be like, you know, at night or, or otherwise. So the, 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 I would definitely say that that one's taken off um, more than I've thought. And, and it's kind of transforming. So the more people I work with, I'm kind of seeing new and different ways to work with them and provide 
more well-rounded experience. So, Yeah, that sounds super fantastic. Definitely worthwhile for people to check out. Absolutely. Yeah, there are so many people that are doing like booking rituals or readings either weekly or every other week with me. So it just makes sense to just go ahead and jump in and pay the one fee and, and get access to it for, for a month. So Very cool. And so what types of sorcery are you offering for hire right now? Are you doing planetary magic or conjure or ceremonial magic or all of the above or what? Yeah, I would say all of the above. Um, I kind of go back and forth just because I'm, I'm kind of OCD. So I'm always messing with my website and, and kind of seeing like, like what people, as far as the analytics and, and, and our, our people that are usual clients, like what they're really kind of uh, going after the most. But I would definitely say, you know, it, our, like our, our court case and justice magic, like as far as the root work um, aspect of it, definitely is probably like our most booked, um, as well as the um, with ceremonial magic, like our, our uh, Jupiter and uh, Venus rituals. So there's a, a lot of our clients are not only LGBTQ, but they're people of color. And so um, we just seem to have a lot of love and money and justice and, and uh, a lot of people want to dominate their, their, their boyfriends and things like that. So <laughs> for sure. Did you have any uh, other questions there that you got loaded there? Ma, you haven't been talking here a whole lot. I'm just soaking this all up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's uh I'm just curious how people get started with you. It's just so interesting. Yeah, usually, usually it's a phone call or, or I'll get like a, an email that I find in my spam folder that disappeared for a month. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll finally get a hold of the person or, or we, but basically a lot of people just end up calling me um, or contacting me through, through social media. And then we just kind of figure out what that individual person needs. You know, some people, they only need like maybe one or maybe they just have like you know, maybe they just need like a hot foot where they're dealing with like an abusive husband or someone they just need to get rid of. And then, and then we kind of part ways after they get what they needed. And then I have people who, you know, we started Devil's Conjure, um, basically, you know, the late part of 2019. So about August, 2019. And, um, you know, we just, it's just kind of taken off from there. But, um, but yeah, I would just say that, I was kind of lost my train of thought there for a second, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you were just asking basically like how people get a hold of me or, or how people jump in working with me. It, it just seems to differ from each person. So um, some people, you know, like I said, I, that's what I was saying is that people have been working with us for a number of years. And then some people, it's kind of like, well, it was nice to meet you. And, and they got what they needed and they moved on. So that's always cool. Right. Yeah. A wide cool. open. Right. And then one person leads to another and a, mm -hmm so on right mm -hmm. yeah and then some days i'll have like 10 phone calls back to back and i'm like i'm like what's going on the money magic's working that's what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are great time zones when that happens <laughs> okay so you also offer readings um what kind of reading services do you offer i know you do cardomancy um what what else do you do or what what can people expect if they're hiring you for a divination session sure and and that that would that would definitely differ from from probably like person to person and situation um i used to offer like i am a medium but i i used to offer those services i don't really anymore because you just end up with some really irate people who don't like what their ancestors have to say and basically like they're asking a question and they're hoping to hear another question another answer from their grandma or their mom, or they, they thought they knew one side of the story and the, well, the dead person says something completely different and they don't like that. Or, you know, there's just, I feel like with that, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable like at this point offering that um, like me, just me personally, the world's kind of volatile definitely right now in that way too. But I, I definitely offer um, card readings like cardomancy, um, as you said, um, usually 30 minute, one hour sessions. Um, and with that, a bit of intuition and a bit of card reading, I offer um, life path and sort of destiny readings, or I can do, I also do like a, a year ahead readings where we can kind of take a look at, at what to expect, like a, a projected a year from now and kind of see as far as like business, love, health and all that stuff. 
How did you get started in this, Adam? Do you want to go back and take us back in your journey yeah. where you began? And so really, you know, like I grew up around a family of, I wouldn't say like they were really like charismatic in that way, but I basically grew up in Tennessee, like in the foothills. I grew up like in McNary County um, in a town called, outside of town called Raymer. And so um, uh, a lot of my family on that side of my mom, they were all like Southern Baptist. But, you know, and uh, as I got older, you know, there were so many stories. And especially as I got older, I realized that even like my mom's mom, my grandma, she was basically like a healer. But um, I, I grew up in that. And then I also spent summers and time on my dad's side. And so they were like Catholic and Methodist. And so I spent a lot of time in church. But I just knew that even at a young age, without knowing why, that I didn't really belong there, that it wasn't a place where I really felt like, you know, if I had a connection to God, it was kind of like it wasn't there. Um, and didn't, I didn't know what that was until later on. But I had a lot of experiences as a child, too. Like I drowned twice when I was like three years old. Um, I had uh, an experience when I was even when I was younger, kind of a crazy guy that my, that my mom was with at the time. He basically like poisoned me and my sister. But it was with like psilocybin from like a it was like from cow patties or whatever, because we lived like out in the boonies at the time. But um, it was this whole crazy situation. But um, but after that, some of those situations, it's almost like they kind of kicked me in the butt towards more so leaning. I feel like towards like walking in this path and, and or at least how I how I practice and experience it now. Um, but I would say as far as like how it all really began, like willfully would probably be when around when me and my husband met. Um, we met and then and then basically like we got together and then, you know, he had been, he had been in this, in the occult or metaphysics or sort of the, you know, as I said before, he was like a rabbi and a minister for a number of years and, and had all these different experiences and was even at the time he was like researching magic and stuff just to learn the sort of from, from one, the other side of it had to learn about magic or to, or to sort of learn the inner workings. And then at one point he left all of that and just full full on, you know, like stepped into being a witch and he'd already experienced all this stuff. And he just realized that he could do that outside of Christianity. But um, essentially at one point after we met, you know, I, he took me to like one of the, the first occult stores that I'd ever been to. Um, and I, and I'd read about, you know, in my, when I was like in my teens, like Buddhism and, and even like Wicca at one point and like just read about and researched certain things, not really knowing. And then at some point it's just like things clicked I, you know, and I'd already had these experience, like experiences of basically dying and coming back um, and just weird weather stuff. Um, like one experience when I was a kid, I was like four um, and we were going to head into town. And so we lived in, we lived way out of town and the drive into town was miles. And so, you know, um, essentially like it started to rain and I knew if it would rain that we couldn't go to town. But I basically like like at the time I just like prayed as hard as I could, like as a child, like that it would stop raining. And it's like, it went from like, like a downpour to where it's just like, it was almost like the rain. I wouldn't say it went upside down or like just all, all, all about disappeared, but it's like, it went from like gloomy and raining outside to where it's almost like the sun came out. And I've had experiences like that through my lifetime. That was enough that when I think back now, I'm like, I've been like, this is what I've been doing the whole time. I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so, but it's just one of those things where one thing leads to another, one situation to another. And then you, I think I experienced enough weirdness and then had his support and, and was, was learning, you know, from this occult store and, and had learned stuff over time. And it's just like one thing led to another. And I really initially probably about 10 or 11 years ago, I was learning, you know, herbalism and shamanic healing, um, ecstatic states and the use of entheogens and, and um, then kind of set more into like herbalism and alchemy and then more so into and kind of held off for whatever reason from like just full on doing magic for a point in time. But then when I jumped into it, it, you know, it was like only natural and I felt kind of foolish even for not having, you know, began before. But um, yeah, it's just kind of one, one thing led to another. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a wild ride for sure. <laughs> well, we so, need those, uh, those things to guide us to get us there, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. So do you have any um, tips or tricks for people that are looking to get started on this path? Do you maybe have some things that you 
stumbled with when you started that you can suggest people avoid? Um, you know, can you kind of give a layout of if you were to start all over again, where, how would you get into this and what things would you not do? Yeah. Um, I would like, honestly, like as, as silly as it may say, I would probably still do like a lot of the same things. Like I feel like I have forgotten more at times than I've learned. And, and, uh, I feel like a lot of it is learning it all and then forgetting it all and then learning and then having to like relearn the right way in, and it's all like, it's kind of like that frame of that point and frame of reference. Like it all depends on where some, you know, because that's something recently that I, I've, I've been thinking about and I've been talking with my husband and others about too, is, you know, some people say they'll, they'll start in Catholicism or they grow up as a Catholic and they step out of that and they want to, say like, you know, they want to be a witch. And then the next thing they know, they start like finding themselves almost like coming back full circle around to Catholicism again. And then they're, and, you know, and I've done it too, you know, where even like in my upbringing as like, you know, in Christian in different forms, and I've seen other people do it like in their, where they would, they were like a Muslim and then they stepped into, they were like a Wic Wiccan. And then the next thing they know, they're coming back around and they're working magic with the gin and stuff. And so, I think there is like a key or like a seed or something that is important in our upbringing, but we have to be able to kind of, we have to be able to like break it free from all the dogma and all the, the sort of bindings and trappings that come connected with certain religions or, or ways that we're raised in. Because I know that for me personally, like, I mean, like I grew up super poor, like my, my aunt literally, like I joke about it now, but she had like a dirt floor. And, and she had like one of the nicest houses that of anyone that we knew. But, uh, I just, I knew for me personally, like, I felt like I would like, I grew up and, and really this is something I've had to break free out of doing magic too. And that, you know, whether it's the, people want to call it the scarcity mindset or one of the many other things, you know, like doubt or, or fear or, or envy even. But for me, I felt like I didn't deserve more because all I knew was sort of like, like lacking and, and always kind of having to scrape for more. And so for me, it was actually spirits that came forward and were like revealing stuff at, at one point. And, and I actually saw myself like at points in the future, like beyond where I was at the time, like even beyond now. And was, and it was like, at some point it was like, well, well, that's like, that's the truest thing that I know now. And so no matter if I felt like I grew up poor, like I can be far more, and so I feel like it's the narrative behind everything that we believe that, you know, our identity and, and how we grew up and how the world perceives us. We have to be able to kind of like undo that and, and be like the cosmic storyteller. We have to be able to rewrite that through magic. And maybe some people utilize, say, like um, guided meditations or this thing or that thing. But I think that's kind of the key as, as far as magic or otherwise is just knowing that we're basically like grandmother spider. We're like the weaver of reality. And so through magic and the intercession of spirits and ecstatic states, we can basically change it all. And so that's what I would probably do is like focus more towards that and actually changing and shifting all that because I've wasted so much money on like books that, that were just like bullshit or they were literally like a, a like almost like a, like a fake book, like, a, I don't know what you'd say, like, a, like a, where it was, it was a bad print and, but so many books and materials and classes that I was like, man, this is so empty, you know, it's empty of the actual magic. And so, but yeah, that's what I would say is to kind of, I would lean more so, more so into that. But yeah, all the endless books and crazy classes and weirdo mentors that I met that just wanted to have sex with like all of their students or some other weird thing. Oh it's my. Like, you know, I could avoid some of that, but like, <laughs> stuff and I'm like, man, that was so cool in its own way. So yeah, I would say just kind of finding where your power, you know, we all have this power and purpose, but knowing that, that innately that we're, that the magic is like our creator power. And it's like this, the sort of sacred dance that we go about and, and that we have to be able to like, as the witch shapeshift, we also have to, to, to shapeshift and, and kind of move, you know, whether you want to say, like, people want to say, like, you need to raise your vibration or this or that, like, there is something pretty legit to that in its own way where, you know, you do have to be able to shift the story. And, yeah, it, for sure. and it all starts with realizing those tapes in your head, right? All the, mm -hmm. all the programming we have. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you say, the, the mental prison. Right? 
And then like the visualization you're saying through meditation to visualize where you are now and even further ahead. It's mm -hmm. so key, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And we're usually our biggest blockage. Usually it's just, it's just, we have to, we have to sit away from stimuli and the world and, and be able to like, and, and be able to realize too, that we're also having that experience. Cause I find a lot of people I teach or even people I've known, it's like, you're probably experiencing the miracles. You're probably the spirits that you're wanting to show up in front of you, like a towering giant. They're there probably like trying to communicate on some, in some way, some level through omens or otherwise where people just end up missing it. Cause they, they expect it to be like the Lord of the Rings where, you know, like some giant just, you know, all of a sudden is in front of you and, and those experiences do happen in ways, but it's like, I feel like a lot of it's really subtle too. And people can miss it. It's wanting it to be some, something grander than it, than it has to be. Oh, absolutely. And that's mm -hmm. the, that you have to sit and be quiet and unplug and, and mm -hmm. listen to those and, and stop with the big expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, yeah, I think for that's sure. where I don't the know. biggest things happen. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've been talking to people and they say they do a spell or something. And, you know, I don't think it worked because they didn't show up to physical appearance. And it's like, well, they, they don't always show up in physical appearance. And mm -hmm. I hope you completed that spell and uh, treated it as if it worked because they were there. <laughs> yeah. Totally do you bad. have any tips or tricks for people for picking up on subtle beings since we're on that. Um, you know, like I said, people always seem to think that, you know, they're doing a full Solomonic evocation and the spirit's going to appear in the smoke before them and whatever else. But my experience has certainly been different and it sounds like yours has too. So do you have any tips or tricks for our listeners on how to begin perceiving these subtle beings? Because they are, they can be very subtle at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll often, I often find like with like the, you know, specific angels, specific spirits that I'll experience them on like a subtle, like a, in a, like as far as like the humors or like the elements, like, like as far as angels, I will feel like, say, when I call up the angels of the Jupiterian sphere, Prasunotanyo Zadeka Devaki, or like Sakyal or Zakyal specifically. When, when I feel them, it's like, you know, I can close my eyes and I usually will have my light off when I'm doing like, a, you know, like a goetic work or otherwise, just it, partly for like the atmosphere and the mood, but it helps with my senses as well. But usually when I experience them, when I call them forward and I'm just kind of standing there for a moment to stand in the awe, like I will feel like them move into the room, almost like somebody opened a window and like a, a big draft just kind of moves in and, and, and I will open my eyes and the candles and everything will be flickering as if like a wind moved in too. And so I think it, being able to, as far as subtly experience them, you know, some of the things that really have helped me are some certain like shamanic techniques um that i uh, and things that i've learned as far as sort of like uh or even like energy sensing like being able to sit with your body and feel into your body and like sense into different areas that you, you may be holding like certain emotion or or certain um you know burden or or tensing up and and being able to because me personally like once i was able to sense into myself i could more easily sense into my environment and so knowing kind of where you're at that will also help when you're calling up spirits or say if you feel like you've become under the influence of a spirit or, or whatever as well but i find just kind of feeling into where i am and then literally just sitting like in a room with no draft you know maybe a light but just kind of sitting there and you know uh experiences like going into the woods at night and just kind of sitting there and being like overcome with sound and then going into a, a room where there's no sound at all and then being able to just kind of feel out and typically for me how I feel energy and and the astral world almost like water and so I can almost sense like I've done it to such a point and to me like I experience almost like a ping going out with my own energy like a Doppler radar and so it's almost like the more you do that and the more you sense or work with with energy on a certain level, or, or maybe, you know, some people will do like the technique, like where you'll try to visualize like an energetic ball or, or some other kind of thing. And you just really learn to move it. It's, it's like being in a pool really where you're underwater and you feel the resistance 
underwater and, and you can kind of sense that and move it and, and change it. And, and those are some really simple ways um, that you can just learn to kind of subtly experience it. And then really just being in that place, like um, going into nature and sitting somewhere really not quietly, you know, under like a tree and closing your eyes and just kind of like hearing it all play out. And then with your eyes closed, imagining the mental screen and then actually like letting your mind fill in the details or let your mind, you know, try to like perceive, you know, what might be going on. You can, the same thing will happen. Like say if a medium's having an experience with a spirit coming through, or if you like, you can end up, you can get to where you can begin to perceive like images that come on that mental screen because it's, it's almost like some kind of like, like cosmic, uh, you know, feedback or, or something, but it, you know, it's like, you'll end up seeing like things come up very clearly, but often people will push that aside. Like, Oh, that's, you know, I'm making that up. Well, I think the trick is, is that we're making it all up. This is all kind of like a, like a cosmic projection of some, some kind. And so just, I think people, once people push that aside and, and like, let that happen, you'll get messages and visions and spirits will show up. And, and it's kind of like, you know, like if you get, uh, like when I was working in shamanic journey, like, you know, I would do like a, you know, go into an ecstatic state or I would, you know, travel to another, you know, the underworld or the lower world or otherwise, or another, you know, another place or dimension. And I would bring that wisdom back and it's like, whatever I saw or was shared. And then I would like try to apply it to the world. And then once I saw that it would, that it had like a, a lasting effect, like what if it was something I was told to do or a bit of wisdom about me, once I saw that it, it clearly held its, its weight, then I was like, well, this is real. Even if I don't want to believe it's like, at some point, I think you have enough experiences too, that it kind of rounds itself out too. Yeah, that's awesome. Great explanation. Do you have um, any tips or tricks for the listeners on how to possibly discern a little bit between what might be their monkey mind or their own thoughts versus maybe these subtle spirits and beings trying to communicate with them? Do you have anything in that area that you could share? So I, I, I probably have a little more experience more so with the spirits that I'm already working with. Like once you've already you know, say you've set up an altar to, a, a, you know, say Jupiter, or you're wanting to work with like a specific animal or, or this archetype. I think for me personally, it's easier to have like a space set up and like to work with, like I, and I work with Cyprian too. I'll usually ask that like, you know, he make my vision as his own to see all um, with clarity and, and beyond. But basically I feel like, and that's one, he's definitely one spirit and power that I've worked with to serve uh, like Hermes as an intermediary when I'm calling up spirits. Like if I'm, let's say if I'm working, going to work with the dead, I'll call up Hermes and I'll say, Hermes, you know, basically open the gates between the, the, the living and the dead, guide this specific spirit forward, ensure they, you know, that they come forward, that, that they, you know, share, reveal whatever, you know, whatever I may be asking or whatever. And then when the, when the session's done or whatever, ask that, that he like return them and, and close the way and, and sort of serve as like a, a, a cause, like a, a bouncer between the worlds, if you will, but I find that's one way too, because then if you end up having less, if you don't, you know, it's a lot different if you have like, you know, Faye and dead and all these spirits, the land and, and everyone that's kind of everywhere. If you have like an intermediary spirit or power that you can kind of ask to almost like kind of part the way and let the spirit come forward. That's definitely like one way. And that way you have less going on and you can kind of feel in. I would say that's definitely like one good way. But uh, as I was saying, like, if you're already working with a spirit or power, like on an altar or a practice or something like that, one way typically is that you will get to feel like almost like when someone knows a loved one has entered the room, you can almost feel you, you connect like a mo an emotion or a smell or something, but you can sense them. And then if you have communication or whatever, they typically will communicate in much the same way. So if you do a ritual or call up that same spirit, and something else appears and, and is like very malevolent and things like that. I can usually tell the difference like in their tone or their energy or just I'll be like, hey, if like if there's something I know a spirit can do or like something that's sort of their domain, I'll kind of like question them to, to that effect. So I know that's definitely like maybe one way or two that people might benefit from. Very cool. And so then do you use 
Hermes for the dead, just for his psychopomp abilities. Is that kind of the reason why he's your kind of go-to intermediary for the underworld? Um, I would say probably, I'd probably say in some ways, honestly, Hermes is even beyond Cyprian. He's one of the most miraculous spirits, gods, beings that I've ever met. Um, he's just one of those that I don't know if it's my astrology. I don't know if it's because I was born on, on Mercury day or, or what other thing I can kind of like say, but like, he's one of those spirits that I, I don't work with often, but when I do it, it, it's like, it's like miraculous. Like it happens. There's no question. He, like there'll even be like a certain bird connected to him that after it happens, they'll fly up to my window and, and like sing a song and then fly away or something. And so, but um, yeah, he's definitely with the dead. It's, it's definitely like no issue there. Uh, I feel like he's, He's one of those spirits, though, like Cyprian, that you could work with for anything, though. So, like, Hermes is, is just kind of got in the bag, as Americans say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, do you always work with spirits? Or do you just, um, or do you just be and let it come? I would say they nowadays work with me, if that makes sense. Um, that's probably where in, like, the whole... You know where I claim the claim the, the title and power of the devil. It's like I feel like now things are in a certain point where more so spirits come to me, and I don't really like go seeking or anything. I, I kind of work with different different spirits or gods or angels, whoever you know, however it comes in the moment. But a lot of it is just that I have such a working relationship with spirits, like say like Jupiter. You know, I, I was working with him like eight years ago when I didn't know half of what I knew now and was had this big altar and was giving all these offerings and all this stuff. And then at some point, just like basically was, I just like kind of cut ties with him for like a couple of years because it was in that moment and I needed it in my life. But he was basically as Zeus does put you through, he put me through trials, you know? And so like things in my life were just like going to hell. And I felt like I was Hercules going through like all the different, the different feats and stuff. But I would say like, more now so you know i have certain spirits and ways that i work but um i don't know it's so natural i guess i don't even think about it nowadays it just kind of is very cool i don't know what just happened but my bulletin board just literally fell off the wall <laughs> 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 so i don't know what you had going on there but he wanted to come through <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> All right. So the devil's conjure. So obviously you do a fair amount of conjure work. Um, do, what is conjure to you? And can you maybe do a little explanation for the listeners on what conjure is, kind of what some of the practices are, and then maybe how to kind of maybe begin there? So I would say conjure to me is is almost like folk magic in a way where it's, it's a bit of an umbrella term. Um, I would say that nowadays as we know it and you know um conjure could fit on under so many things you know as even beyond american you know folk magic but i would say as far as its origin it's definitely with like root work and and hoodoo and and folk magic as we know it like in the americas in that way but i would say the conjure has has definitely grown and that it's definitely more you know it's another word really to me for folk magic um but what conjure is to me would be really that conjure is the magic of the people. It's the power of the people and it's, it's the magic of liberation, um, of revolution, of healing, of, of miracles. Um, and um, that's kind of like the core though for me, whenever I teach people is like conjure is sort of the magic of the people. And, and I think that's why, you know, where, where it comes into, being so synonymous with folk magic is because it's it's the magic of people on on every level and it and it really for me goes back with root work and and hoodoo and um with people being you know in those states of desperation or or even you know as far back as the actual origin of, of like hoodoo and root work and beyond where we have people who've literally been stolen from their lands and forced into slavery but they you know they they keep this pharmacological knowledge and you know their knowledge of herbalism and the mad the medicine and magical plants and spirits and nkc and minkc where we see like the creation of mojo hands basically um but I, I would say that you know to me like a, i guess to circle back around conjure is is sort of the magic of of the people of community 
Um, you don't really have, you know, it's not really the same without community. And I think that's why Devil's Conjure is so important because it's more than just like me and, and of course my husband, but, and, and a bunch of clients, you know, it's people that, that we worked together for years and even the clients of clients have become friends. And like now we're, we're like this tight knit community. And, and that's kind of like the evolution into Darkly School of Witchcraft as well as it, it's people that we have these time honored friendships now, like clients who become friends and we watch them, you know, have babies and go on to get married and all this wonderful stuff. And, and it's kind of like, like a, a circle, you know, and, so I think that, you know, the conjurous community and, and that's why, you know, it is, it is so important and can be so miraculous, you know, when, when it's used wisely. Very cool. I like that. I like that. The, the magic of the people. I like that. And then you mentioned something about as far as how to get into it. I would say that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of like, it's different than like probably like a decade ago, kind of when I got into it, even as far as how like some of the mentors and authorities in the hoodoo and root work and kind of conjure community, some of those, they just, they died in the past. There's like five or six of them that I can think of, like, um, like, uh, Sin Moses just died, like, not, I think like a week or two ago. Um, but, um, but yeah, I would say as far as like how you could jump in, you know, obviously you could you know, learn some of what I've learned. Um, um, I've learned from people like Charles Porterfield, Professor Porterfield, who's, I would say, probably one of the, one of the coolest guys that I've ever met, but also like a hell of a, uh, hell of a root worker and a hell of a teacher. Um, if you're, if you're interested in like that specifically, he's one of those people that you could definitely learn like a whole lot from. Um, uh, I know Ritual Craft, they also have a, the Ritual Craft School and they do a lot, teach a lot about Conjure there as well. Um, there are a lot of good books um, that are around, like um, like um, Playing Card Magic by Porterfield, um, Candle in the Crossroads by Ryan Foxwood. Um, Chaz Bogan has a book. I, be I believe his book is American Conjure. I hope he doesn't like kick me in the butt for, for like getting his book name wrong. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of resources now, probably more than ever. I used to hop on to like the the Lucky Mojo side, and I, I learned a lot from from that over time. Um, there's a lot of information, probably not more now than ever. Um, there's so much, there's like a cornucopia of information. You could just get lost and, and forget it all and, and read it all again. So, Absolutely. Awesome. And do you find that with uh, conjure work, um, I know some types of magic people believe you have to have belief behind it. But like my experience, like with the Jupiter work that you and I do and things like that, there's you don't need belief behind it. The magic will work whether you believe it or not. Do you find that with most types of conjure and folk magic? I would say so. I think to uh, to be to have a bit of, you know, like I would say like belief isn't completely necessary. Um, but then again, it really depends on like, I guess, the person's belief that may serve as, as kind of like a, a foundation because that in and of like them having a lack of faith or doubt, you know, as we know, and in, in some situations can definitely cause like a blockage. But I would say me personally, one thing that I practice that I've had to cultivate over time is just to quite literally just to let it be, because I find that personally I may have anxiety about a situation. And I, if you get too emotionally wrapped up in it, you can start thinking this way or that way or second guessing. And so I find for me personally, you know, it goes back to what I spoke about earlier about actually shifting narratives and, and having like sort of an in, uh, a, um, uh, like a blessed perfected, like a, uh, end result of the magic in your mind, like, like sort of the, the, the end goal at its best in mind and, and attaching an emotion and like just kind of walking in that, um, you know, you, people might call it like sort of like blind faith, but there is something to that just, you know, even even like people like Austin Osmond Spare and others, they would just they would like fire off a ritual or or a, or a sigil or even, you know, take in the sigil and then burn it or whatever. And then kind of just let it live in them and let it be. I feel like they're, you know, as I was talking about, even changing, you know, your narrative, your life, your, you know, on, on whatever level somebody may be changing for me personally. This is something I talked about and presented at, at the Austin Witch Fest, but essentially like the magical transformation, like. You know, once you once you're learning how to do magic, ways that you can quite literally change yourself or your life or, or transform 
you know, say somebody wants to be rich or, or, or wealthy, um, you can basically take this perfected image, this perfected self, attach an, a certain emotion to it, um, and then basically, you know, do and basically like embrace that, like however it feels like, you know, say if somebody wants to be rich and wealthy, they would, they would envision themselves at the top of their game and wealthy and successful, attach an emotion, you know, much like awe or bliss, which I find is a, is a great connection to our, our power especially through and with magic and then sort of walking in that and then kind of living and breathing that because, you know, as we were talking about earlier, uh, like Sandra brought up, it's, it's like um, quite literally rewiring your mind um, and, and how you think and, and all of that as well. And so I think it's, it's a lot of things. Um, I would say definitely would like rework and conjure, you know, if somebody's just doing a work and, and they really need it to work and, and they need some money to come from anywhere because they they owe they owe rent tomorrow. You know, it, it's going to be a lot different for somebody who's, you know, say for for us, we're prospering. It's going to be a lot different for somebody who's, you know, who needs money to like, you know, pay bills or something. And they're they're really bank. They're really banking on it. So I would say, you know, that walking in that blind faith and just letting it be like letting it like make making it okay in someone's mind for things to be okay too, because I think sometimes people get so used to things personally for them being kind of shitty that they have a hard time being able, even doing magic, being able to kind of jump the, to the other side of the tracks and, and actually make that leap, make that ship, that shift. And so sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. And I think when people start to see the magic and the results and the manifestation then over time they they do gain that confidence for sure. Yeah, that's a great description there, Adam. So I would actually say that you actually have to have some belief, really, okay. through through all that explanation. Like Justin, mm -hmm. you Zaria, you started to say that you don't always have to have the belief, and then through all of that with Adam, I think there has to be some belief. Yeah, you, you can't just stay in your negative state mm -hmm. without believing it's going to be better so i think there has to be some belief yeah get going I think hope is that's why i feel like hope is such a like an undervalued thing as well because there's something to that 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 connects to like our baser state um and and so i i would definitely say like there there needs to be some kind of belief but i would say like at some point like even for me personally i knew like that i i didn't have any belief but but I knew, but like in, in my bones, it was like, there was like, there was no room in my life for it to not take place. And so I think, you know, maybe that is where that belief or that hope comes in for sure. I think so. It has to start, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like an acceptance, be belief and acceptance, right? Yeah. There has to be almost like an A to B, like you have to at least yeah. believe that something that it can be different. There has to be something in your mind where it's like, oh, like where you, like I said, you can kind of jump tracks and move on. You know, I think it may be, it, whether it's dimensionally or however it works, like where you kind of almost like jump ship onto some, like a new level. So, yeah. I think so. I, I'm really enjoying your explanations. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Enlightening. <laughs> All right. So, um, where can people find you if they are looking to get your services or buy some of your awesome curios or whatever? Cool. And so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram through Devil's Conjure. Um, you can find me through Linktree uh, slash uh, Devil's Conjure, as well as devilsconjure.equid.com. Um, you can find out, you know, you can email me at devilsconjure at yahoo.com for, you know, any inquiries custom rituals, products, you know, if you have questions about my services, anything like that. And then to also book a consultation. I do a lot of consultations over the phone with clients. Um, and so, you know, I definitely like to I look forward to meeting people. And, and I find that um, talking over the phone is like a great opportunity so that, you know, you, it's not, you know, just through going through my website, you know, it can kind of feel kind of cold and, and kind of robotic. And so I find that when people meet me in person and, and we get to kind of you know, talk one-on-one -on -one and make a game plan for whatever situation they're trying to shift it. You know, it kind of takes things to another level for them, gives them more value. So, And I know where else you can find some of Adam's products. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right at <laughs> Magico. 
<laughs> we have been blessed with some products in our shop. So thank you for that. We like teaming up with all the people. That's what we like about building communities, right? Mm -hmm. um, here we are up in Canada and we have some of your products in our shop. So that is fantastic. And I should be sh sending y'all a shipment of like some planetary oils and other stuff. So who knows what you guys may end up with. That would be great. <laughs> really. Awesome. Building the community. That's what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So then, yeah, if people are looking to get into Conjure, as Adam said, he's going to be launching Darkly School of Witchcraft here later in the year. So uh, I know he gave a list of some wonderful people to learn from, but having worked with Adam, I can definitely vouch for his efficaciousness and you will definitely want to be checking him out when Darkly School of Witchcraft launches. So did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on today, Adam, or should we call this a wrap? I think, I think, I think we, we pretty much uh, touched on everything. I think that was awesome. We just kind of jumped right in. So We'll have to uh, rebook this once the Darkly School opens up and uh, follow up with how the successes are there. That'd be cool. Yeah. And we can have, we can have my, my husband jump in with me. <laughs> absolutely. I think we should do the, do the pair of you and, and yeah, that will be absolutely. awesome. Yeah, that would be absolutely great. Well, thanks for coming on today, Adam. We really appreciate your wisdom and your knowledge and uh, coming to share some of your awesome practices with us. Um, and yeah, thank you for being here. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great to meet you, Adam. Thank you so much. Of course. And we will talk to you very, very soon. 